Let us journey now to Summerfield, nestling like a pearl in the golden setting of the autumn countryside. I put a spell on you. And now you're... The monster man. Oh man, we are back in the midnight hour. We're back. You feel it? Here it goes. Hour. I feel it. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, every time, man. <laughs> Warms my damn soul just a little bit, doesn't it, you? Everybody liked our uh, little intro there. Uh, any critiques are needed, but this is uh, Halloween 365, 36.5. If it's an actual uh, radio station, if you want to look at it that way. If we had our own AM FM station, that's what it would be, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Can you imagine I, a, a radio station that just just pure Halloween year round? I would love that. Be amazing. That's what we are, by God. Nobody would be able to stop us. We would be on a roll. No, All the Halloween fiends out there, we'd be on a roll. <laughs> Nobody would stop us. Well, thanks for joining us again this Friday. Hope everybody had a, a wonderful week making it through the the insanity that is out there in, in this weird world that we're living in nowadays. I'm going to start your Halloween week off early, your fall week off early, your weekend, I should say. Let's get those leaves rustling again. What do you, what do you think? Ooh, you think I, I need to hear a little... I, I, I think we should, you know? I, I think that it's just going to work out. Uh, in the meantime, while I'm gearing all that up, Justin, how was your week? Uh, uh, week week has uh, it's been good. It's been my vacation week. I've had a nice nine-day vacation from work, from resting from the old nine to five. Nice, uh, nice. So I can't complain there. Bef- while you're getting everything queued up, there is a subject that I'd like to touch on before we move on to this yeah, week's. Go ahead. Fire away. Fire away. Last week, we had the discussion about our least favorite Halloween candy that we've received in our bags. <laughs> yes, we did. So I took to our Instagram, the uh, happy underscore haunting on Instagram. Go check us out there. Um, and took to our Instagram and put a poll up. We had over 200 voters, and it was, which is worse, your worst one was candy corn. Mm. My worst one was Milky Way. Yeah. So I did the which is worse, and I was curious what our listeners, what our followers on Instagram had to say. Drum roll, please. I don't don't have it. Yeah. (laughs) Still like an airplane. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, horribly, we are 60% candy corn is worse than Milky Way at 40%. So, and candy that's, corn. That's what I thought. That, come that's, on. Come I'm disappointed on. to all of you. Well, out let's there. get a round of applause going for that Milky Uh-oh. Way. <laughs> oh, that burned a little. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, see, nobody likes milk or nobody likes candy corn. I, I, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Uh, 
I honestly, uh, I knew what was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I've seen way too many people uh, do tier lists around Halloween on YouTube, and they completely demolish the candy corn. So I figured that that's where we were going with it. But uh, my big part of this that I was not expecting is the fact that there are people out there with me that don't like a Milky Way. That's right. All my Milky Way haters <laughs> out there. Thank you. We'll give them a little bit of a, a little bit of an applause too. Oh yeah. Losers Might as club. well. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the way through. The lovers, losers the, club. The, the losers. Man, maybe that's what maybe we can name our fans that. <laughs> the losers forward. club, baby. <laughs> I'm doing going forward in the future. I, I, I mean, we know. might as well be based in uh, Derry. This used to be a beaver trapping camp. Still is, am I right, boys? Hey. Oh, oh man. Beep beep, uh, Richie. Beep beep. Yeah. Dude, you're gonna have to take this sound thing, this soundboard away from me. I, I, I'm, I'm just having way too much fun. <laughs> it's okay. It's needed. This is the audience. This is if we had an AMFM, baby. It is, man. So I got that, I got that lovely ambience queued up for us this week. Hear, hear, hear those, hear that wind brushing through those leaves one more time as we journey into our subject of the week. I think Justin. our ambience uh, scared off the werewolf that was outside the door last time, by the way. <laughs> I think it may have. So, this week, as I stated last week, um, we're going to be talking a little bit about witches, mm. Ouija boards, and haunted Ooh. locations. Now, Ooh. I'm going to start this off by just asking you right out of the gate. Justin, is there a haunted location that you have personally either wanted to go to and is there a location that you have been to and while you were there did you have an experience uh it off by saying that in the region of virginia that i am located in we are close to kentucky so the one that we are closest to tuberculosis clinic the uh oh and the name would escape it's it's not uh, the sanatorium, is it? The sanatorium. Waverly the, Hills uh, sanatorium? Yes, Waverly Hills is six hours yeah. away from where we are at. Five to six, roughly. Uh, you can go at any point in time. Still haven't done that yet. Wanting to, but no, have not went. Uh, hmm. Personally. I, I, yeah, that, that's one that I've always wanted to go to as well. Yeah, exactly. But I hear it's really to hard to get in there. Well, no, no. I mean, it's not hard. It's just that, if I'm not mistaken, they could have changed it between now and then. Uh, but you have to have a 10-man group. Oh, uh, wow. So, and it is $100 a person. So they're going to get their $1,000 either way it goes. Whew. So even if you don't have a 10 dollars for you to do a ghost tour you do have the option of staying overnight. I think that that's got to be a book in advance type of thing. I'm, all of it is, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. That's interesting. I mean, well, you know, the, they they have a commodity. They're going to make money off of it one way or the other, for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, but as far as places that I would like to go, the top place, in my opinion, for me, is the... I've seen so many people go to first on the ghost hunting shows. No, we do not. I don't know but it. Me, personally, I don't count Ghost Adventures as a ghost hunt. You're not going to ha have 
Zach Bagans. <laughs> oh, I got sick ass tats. Oh, sorry, sick tats. <laughs> don't I? The nun likes my tats. Get, please, out of here. Any man that's going around and buying people's <laughs> artifacts that could literally just be your uh, uh, Lego set that you had whenever you were a kid in the seventies, and you say it's haunted, he'll buy it. So if you guys yeah. have anything out there that you're wanting to get rid of, yard sales, <laughs> if, hit up Zach Bagans, tell him it's got a ghost in it, and he'll buy it from you because he's willing to make money bro. for himself. Yeah, he built. He's got it rigged with all these mirrors and ghost sounds, and he they've got a control room. So you tell me right now. It sounds to me like he's a control room. In a harn <laughs> because he set it up like a fun house. Okay, I'm getting an off topic here. Penhurst no, no, Asylum is where I want to go. It sounds to me though like like old dude wants to uh, become the Warrens. He he does he does. And my whole thing to this is is that modern day ghost hunting was started on TV by my boy. Taps, the ghost hunters. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Dave Tango, Steve, or Steve Tango. Yeah, Dave, you, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I know it's Taps, by about, God. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. They're the ones that started this. Um, Zach Bagans saw how much money up, and then he's like, oh, we got to jump in on this. Please, God, take him off TV. Anyways, you watch everybody else ghost hunt, and Penhurst Asylum's always got some crazy stuff happening, and that's why I want to go. I feel like if there's a chance of me seeing, it's going to be in Penhurst. And that's going to relate to the next part of your question of if I've been anywhere that's uh, haunted or either it's famously haunted, and have I seen anything. I have been to the uh, Lizzie Borden house. Oh, that's cool. I have never seen anything. That's I've also, awesome that you even got together. Outside of the uh, the witch's house, and uh, I've seen the the house in Salem. Uh, Max from Hocus Pocus, the girl he's in love with. I saw the mansion. I saw the high school. I went through the graveyard that they walked through. I've seen. I've stood outside of Max's house. Seen seen a couple of cool things Halloween related, but no, I have never seen anything to report. Uh. Man, that's really cool. I didn't know you actually got a chance to uh, travel to Salem. I was unaware of that. Yes, sir. Yeah, we went to um, go to the Warren's Museum, but because I was up there, I, I drove the coast. Did not mm -hmm. get the chance. It's closed down now, right? Uh, yeah. No. I think uh, since... Uh... Lorraine passed. I think they. I thought they that their down. stepson, I'm not stepson, but their son-in-law was running things. Is that was my um, knowledge of it all? Um, there was a couple of YouTubers that were there before the pandy, before the pandy mm. wandy happened, and mm. uh, they were touring. And I think he runs the tours because, if I'm not mistaken, he was trained by Ed and Lorraine in demonology. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Um, hmm. We'll have to do some research on that. I, I feel like we could dedicate like a whole oh, a whole episode to Ed episode. and Lorraine. They, just, yeah. they deserve. They could. We could do four or five. Yeah. No. Seriously. There's so much stuff there that it's ridiculous. Shout out to Ed. Um, Shout out to Lorraine. I'm not Catholic, but you know who you are. <laughs> um, I've never personally been to any haunted locations um, outside of, I guess you know your your basic general. Oh, that place is haunted. Let's go there. Kind of stuff. 
uh, right, from our right. old hometown. You know, uh, I've always wanted to go to the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Uh, I've always wanted to go to the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Um, well, you're I mean, on the they're... West Coast, so there's a bunch of things that you could. Look oh at. yeah, I mean, I mean, one for one, the, the the one of the biggest ones that stand out to me here is Tombstone. Um, Stone, yes, uh, there it's really active. But I mean, I thought that the uh, Westchester or what's it, what's the West the um, oh god her, her her crazy house that she built oh the Winchester Mansion yes that's on the West yeah, Coast I, it, I think so I'm not sure um, hmm. I'll have to look into that. I'm not 100% sure. I, I feel like it is, though. I think it might be in California. So, um, but it's probably over in this. Chester Mansion, San Jose, California. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 over in this vicinity. It's probably about a four-hour drive, if I had to put a, a number on it. Uh, and for those listening, um, I want to apologize last week for any um, inconsistencies in the audio quality. Um we are doing this podcast uh, remotely, unlike a lot of other uh, podcasters out there. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have the capabilities of being in the same room together uh, because I live in Arizona and uh, Justin lives in the wonderful state of Virginia. So it's it's very, very difficult for us to uh, keep, a, keep a consistent quality, but we will give it our, our damnedest. And we will try everything in our power to uh, make sure that these episodes are as crisp and clean as we can get them going forward. Yeah, so just, just, wanted to just put that out there. Bear with us, uh, uh, you know, Smokey the Bear with us. We're Smokey we're the Bear with us. <laughs> yeah. Only you can prevent poor <laughs> podcast quality. So <laughs> exactly. So for you, it was uh, the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Yes, uh, Tombstone. I, I, I would love to go to Tombstone. Um, does Skinwalker Ranch count? Because that would be ah, the top. I would say screw so, Pinhurst. So I, I will say this. Skinwalker Ranch is out here. Um, I have actually had the privilege to speak to uh, Edmund. John, I think his name is John Edmund. Um, I was going to do a long time ago a uh, documentary on his um, wonderful, weird ranch. But um, he kind of is very... Uh, He's a strange man. I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to say anything negative about him. I'm just going to say he's a very strange fella. And um, I would love to just go there, but I, I feel like at this point there's so many people that flock to that location that it's become a little watered down over the years. It, it makes you wonder that if there are things happening there, is there going to still be things happening there with all the people around? Is it um, the hide and seek champion, like Bigfoot? Does it? Yeah. Does it not. You know what I, I mean, mean. I mean, there's you. There's a wide variety of things yeah. that happen there. Oh man, so much portals. Apparently, there's portals opening on his property. Um, he's fought off aliens with a samurai sword. You name it, this man has done it. And I. See, his stories are way more interesting than mine. I've been some places, but I've never <laughs> fought off an alien with a samurai sword. I mean, you know, I, I Tom Cruise, the last Ronin on him. I've never. Yeah, yeah, no, he he went for it, man. He went for it, and um, hey, the, the, the man's got stories. So I, I would love to 
to find a way to even get him on the podcast. That would be cool. Um, I'm not That's making a, any promises, but that would be fantastic. That would be uh, we awesome. would. I mean, we are not against having people come on the podcast. We would like to get a few people that even did and dedicate an episode to uh, personal experiences. Uh, yeah. We're going to separate a few different things. We've had some things talking in the works. We're going to, this is going to be wide variety people. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I even want to do an episode where we're talking about overseas. I want to talk about some Japanese horror because it oh, affects yes. a lot more of our movies and lore than a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about just the grudge girl either. No, I, I agree. Um, I even want to, at one point in time, I would even love to dive into like cosmic horror. Um, I love the idea of um, this bizarre, they can see you, you can't see them kind of mentality. Uh, oh, yeah. That, yeah. You know, um, speaking of, of that mentality, that type of uh, surroundings, today we're going to be talking a little bit about Ouija boards. Justin, what, you ever played with a Ouija board? I am an avid. Ouija board player and and before oh. we move further into it I just want to say that most of the people out there that are playing on YouTube that you guys probably have seen they're not doing it correctly mm-hmm. um, and most of it's for views as you guys probably could have guessed but they're not following the rules so it's a wonder to me that we've not had another uh, Georgetown slash the exorcist number one Peter Blatty experience already with as many people that don't do the uh, Ouija board correctly. So do you know the proper way to do a Ouija board setup? Because I've always been told that, for instance, the Ouija boards that you would buy at um, Walmart or, you know, those Milton Bradley, I think it's Milton Bradley. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those, um, those are not legitimate Ouija boards. I've been told that those aren't really going to get you that spiritual encounter that, that most people seek. Those are more the toy. The real one has to be made from, like, I believe I was told a black gum tree from, like, Louisiana and all this crazy stuff. Is that true? It depends on what you're trying to attract, honestly. Uh, if anybody is going to tell you that the Ouija board uh, that is Milton Bradley, even as cheesy as that sounds, isn't going to work, uh, they are wrong. It it does work. I've we've done the uh, we've had an old Ouija board from the 1970s that we still have, still use. Uh, we've got a newer one that was bought at Hot Topic, and believe it or not. The one from the 70s, that's Milton Bradley, works way better than the other one. The other one's probably half an inch thick. It's got it's a lot more elaborate. It's got more designs on it and black cats, and it just looks a lot cooler Yeah. compared to the other one where the paper's ripping off, there's cracks in the board. Um, I don't know. That's pretty cool. But it, <laughs> it works. I've, so just to go one step further before we dive deeper into this, uh, we have even drawn a Ouija board on a piece of cardboard and used the clear plastic cover to a CD case as our oracle, and it worked. So there's nothing in the board that moves anything. It's not got anything to do with that. You can do it at your house. Just make sure you've got the correct rules before you release that you can't get rid of. What was the first, um, your first experience with a Ouija board? 
the first experience that I had was whenever I was probably seven or eight. I did not play, but my older cousins, they were playing. Um, we were home alone. The parents were out. It was just me and my cousins, uh, three female cousins, and they were playing the Ouija board. And they did not know the rules. They just, you know, thought you start playing, start asking questions. Don't know what not to ask, what to ask, because there's rules about all of that. Mm-hmm. So they're playing, and the Ouija board oracle shoots off the board onto the carpet, out from under their hands. Their hands don't move. Their hands are in the to respond, and it completely shoots out from under their hands. Wow. At the same time, on the other end of the where the second bathroom is in their parents' room, the cabinet door underneath the sink heard footsteps, and I don't mean like the whole house is carpeted, so you would have to really thump to even hear it. Oof. But you heard running footsteps from that back bathroom all the way over to the room that we were at to the door, and then it thumped up against the door. And all you witnessed screamed. This. I did not see, but I did hear. Oh, and okay. yes, you heard. Yes. Okay. You could hear the cabinet slam, and then you could hear the footsteps running, and then something slammed up against the door. All of a scream. Once there, uh, they opened the door to the living room. All the doors were open from their parents. The bathroom, clear path straight. So you could, uh, I mean, there was nothing blocking anything from running, but they checked. There was nothing in the house. Uh, hmm. The mistake that they made after that was they took the Ouija board outside and they burned it. Ah. They didn't. They didn't go to goodbye or anything like that. And I can say that since then, these three female cousins of mine, them report bad, demonic-ish things in their house. Nothing I've ever seen. Uh, in every house that they move to, they all say that the family's cursed or they've got something. It's more than likely they've got something following them from the time that we first played the Ouija board, and they never did goodbye. They burned it. Whatever was there that slammed the cabinet, I think, has been following all three of them. See, that's terrifying to me. That's, that's, I've never, I want to say I've maybe messed with a Ouija board one time in my entire life, and it was actually with your younger brother, um, who was going to be joining us on this podcast in, in due time. Um, nothing crazy happened. That was the first time I'd ever actually, uh, experimented with a Ouija board. And I was honestly let down. (laughs) I wanted something to happen so bad, but nothing came of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, I've also heard those stories that, you know, people are like, well, sometimes nothing does come of it yet. And then, you know, later on down the line, something happens. Oddly enough, I've only had three or four instances where it's actually responding to me. I always make the joke that whenever I'm playing that uh, the ghosts don't like me, probably because I've got a hint of skepticism in me, just because uh-huh. I want to see something, the let me see it to believe it type of person. Okay. So it, there's only been a few times, I've more times than I can count, but there's only been two or three times that I've had the oracle fly out from under my hands or mm. had it move rapidly and give really eerie responses. 
I think that it's natural for us to be somewhat skeptical on, on things like this. Um, but it's also natural for us to be generally curious, you know, like you can, you can tell me, you can show me any person out there right now who's like, well, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in any of that stuff. And it's like, okay, but you can't tell me that some of it doesn't pique your interest. There are things out there that we cannot explain and we will never be able to quite explain it. And even our government has come forward with these you know, UFO things saying we can't explain this, this, and this. What do you think? 40-some cases, and they, they, they have no... Ex yeah, exactly. And it's like, I feel like it's the same thing with ghosts um, or spirits or whatever you want to refer to them as. Um, I feel like there's going to be a small portion of cases, maybe even more just unreported, that we're never going to be able to truly get an answer to. And I do believe a lot of it is people who are... Um, scared and yeah. you just you know they just have a moment there I, I believe that that's the case and it's also in my personal opinion not a professional and by any means i'm not zach bagans <laughs> but he is a great of there are people that are on television that what they do is referred to as answer guiding so and yes. pay attention, pay close attention to this whenever you guys out there are watching these these haunted shows. Uh, my boys from Ghost Hunters and Taps, don't do this because they're only looking for scientific evidence, which is probably the reason why every one of their episodes are so slow, because if they don't have anything, they're not going to sell you anything. Exactly. They're, they're more is, about al almost disproving something, because I believe it was, uh, I think it was Jason that, that, you know, back in the older episodes, he would say that almost everything has an explanation. Mm -hmm. It's just finding it. You know? That's the reason that Taps specifically throws out any evidence of orbs. That you have, there's, I mean, there's no way for you to prove what physically in front of you and not on a camera. It could be a thousand things. But what Dust. I was saying about the answer guiding is most of these ghost hunters on Travel Channel or any other uh, show that you'll watch, uh, Zach Bagans is the worst for this. I know I keep trashing the man, but he's the one that does this <laughs> to a T. He'll ask you a question, and he'll be like, so, on the night of 1932, you were Good sitting Lord. at the bar, weren't you? And they'll go, e I was sitting at the bar, and he goes, okay, so, what was it that you heard that night? And then they go, uh, and he goes, it was, well, yeah, Zach, it was a boom. He's guiding them to <laughs> what he's wanting them to say. <sighs> and I would not be surprised if the man didn't put a little... Like, just just roll with me here. I just got it. I got it, sick man. tats. You see these sick tats? You want sick tats like these? Here's Hondo. <laughs> I, I mean, I, his passion for all things horror is the only thing that I have in common with. He kills me. But the answer guiding thing, it's not just him. A lot of people do it, so pay attention to that. Um, that's That's the people out there that are trying to fake it for money or frame or anything like that. But... The Ouija board specifically, you can do it with anything that you've got. It doesn't always work all the time. You've got to have a perfect setting. Most of the time, uh, you're not even supposed to do it outside. That's that's number one rule, is to not and do I, it outside. And I know I said in this episode we would dive into a little bit of the witchcraft of it. And uh, I, I guess the, the, the witches, I, I should say. And um, 
when I say that, I don't mean that the, the whole episode is going to be dedicated to just witches. I, I, I mean, I've always been told that the origins of the Ouija board came from, well, once again, the whole Black Gumtree, Louisiana, but uh, uh, witches of that time frame. Is there any legitimacy to that that you're aware of? It is not the first occurrence. Uh, they did use a lot of fortune-telling te- fortune devices, uh, a lot of ways to speak, seances and so forth. Um pyromancy as we talked about on the last episode if we want to get to the core of ouija boards Mm -hmm. it goes back a lot further than anybody else would uh think the first mention mention uh as in wrote in a diary uh the first mention that we have on an automatic writing method which would pertain to ouija boards it's it's whenever you see a psychic uh, with a pen in hand, and they're tuning into the spirits, and they're letting it guide them. So it's mm. it's the same thing as a Ouija board minus the oracle. Yeah. The first occurrence that we have on record of that was found, uh, and they had a Ouija board of sorts while they were doing this, was found in China around 1100 A.D. Wow. In historical documents, it was the Song Dynasty that was practicing this. Uh, the method was known as Fuji. Or planchette writing, which the oracle on the Ouija board is also known as the planchette. Yeah, I was going to ask if, if that was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they consider this a form of necromancy, uh, being able to talk to and try to get future tellings from the dead, which That's is very where interesting. necro comes from. Yeah. I was unaware of that. See, yeah. all the, the great The modern-day Ouija board, right, yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> It's... I mean, you've like I said, there's plenty of people that do different things. The modern-day Ouija board was in Maryland, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, 1890. That's when it had its first patent. Mm. And that's when, that they when it started mass-producing. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So it's been around for a hot minute. So, so there's been a lot over the course of, what, well, that's been well over 100 years, right? So, oh, well, we're way, we're in AD <laughs> here. Oh, you said AD. Yeah, no, I was talking about since mass production, though. Oh, mass production, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, like, like 1890, little ways after the Civil War there. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there's probably been so many cases from that point yeah. onward. Um, I mean, just just imagine trying to market that during that time frame. I mean, can you like, imagine the ghost that you would talk to? It's a war uh, right after the Civil War. <laughs> My God. I mean, you just go right out in the middle of the battlefield, and bam, you, you're going to get, that thing's going to light up like a Christmas tree. You, you're you know? loading up the cupboard wagon. You're like, we're going to go from New York down to Alabama to see your aunt. <laughs> Hang on, kids. It's a 20-day trip in the wagon, and you're sitting back there with your brothers and sisters. You might as well just whip out the old 1890s Milton Bradley <laughs> board. <laughs> You're going to see all kinds oh. of crazy stuff. So I've got some clips here I actually wanted to play. Um, these are clips from, uh, one of them is from a YouTuber. Um, I, I apologize. I cannot remember his name. He, he tells these uh, stories uh, of, of you know strange experiences and things like that. They, I'll let you be the judge. I want you to take a listen to it. Uh, give me your honest opinion. And then after that, we're going to get into a little more of the scientific background of uh, Ouija boards. So uh, bear with me here, people, and uh, check this out. Ever since I can remember, we've always had one of those old vintage Parker Brother Ouija boards sitting in our closet collecting dust. When I was a kid, I always wondered what it was. From the box, it seems like a horrible board game, 
Until one day I found out what a Ouija board really is. And it's the Parker Brothers, the damn closet. it. I insisted <laughs> uh, on my brother it trying it out with me and eventually got him to play along. We put our hands on the planchette and I began asking the typical cliche questions like, is there anybody there? And can you answer me? Other than my brother jokingly moving the planchette around to imitate an answer from some kind of entity, there was no real response. After getting bored, we put the game back in the box. I did a little research that night to find out how to make Ouija boards work. Many people said online that the most ideal environment when using a Ouija board is in a dark room only lit by candles. So when my parents weren't home, I managed to gather like six or seven candles and convinced my brother to try it one more time. I lit the candles and set them around the table in the dining room with all the lights out. We tried one more time. I asked again if there was anybody there. The planchette began to move. I told my brother to stop moving it but he swore he wasn't. I told him to move his hand away, and he did. It kept moving. My brother thought I was messing with him, but I didn't pay attention. The planchette landed on the word, yes. I was only nine, so I was legitimately shitting myself. My older brother had to take over. He asked the question, are you a good spirit? There was a five-second pause before my brother's hand moved along with the planchette to the word, no. We both looked at each other, and at this point I ran to my room and shut the door behind me, but he continued on with the so-called game. I heard his muffled voice come from down in the dining room, when all of a sudden I heard him screaming at the top of his lungs. I ran back downstairs to see what was wrong. He was holding up his shirt, revealing a small open wound that almost looked like a claw mark. He told me to set the fireplace immediately, and I obeyed. He threw the thing in the fireplace and told me to never speak of what happened to anybody. We have never used a Ouija board since. Okay, so this man can clearly give Zach a run for his money with his storytelling, can he not? <laughs> well, he wasn't guiding anybody. I mean, I guess if he had his brother in front of him and he was like, You were what? Uh, I don't... You were scratched, weren't you? Yeah, I was... <laughs> So I, what, what I find interesting about this uh, story, whether it be true, not true, whatever, um, what I find most interesting about it is the fact that they broke so many rules. So many yeah. rules were broken, uh, and I wanted to get your opinion about that. Could you explain the rules of a Ouija board just a bit? And something else I wanted to mention, too, the candles. I've never heard the candles being have, having to be used before. It doesn't okay. So I'm gonna just do a brief overview because there's you could find a list. It depends on who you. It depends on what religion you believe in. There's a lot of things that go into it. It depends on what kind of results you're wanting to have. You can even lay things on the Ouija board, uh, personal uh, effects of somebody that you're trying to contact. But let me start out by saying that it is rumored to be, and this is what I've always heard what I've always seen most of the time it's not you getting to reach out to somebody that you had a connection with or that you a loved one yeah I've always heard that it's trickery um, I mean you can reach out to somebody but you could also most of the time reach out to an evil spirit uh, what you're supposed to do 
generally is whenever you're using the Ouija board and you've got everybody's fingers on the planchette, rule number one, nobody takes their fingers off the planchette. If not for any reason. If you do, you're not doomed and gloomed, but this is just a safety precaution. Um, number two is the first thing is you're going to want to go around the board clockwise three times with the planchette, all three of you, and then bring it back to the center. And this is you basically opening up the portal to the other side. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Then you're going to want to start off by asking your questions. You would like to have a mediator because if you're asking two or three people asking it at the same time, or it's like an EVP session. You don't want to give it three seconds, ask a question, and then go, oh, I don't know. And (laughs) the other thing is that you don't, you're going to want to rest your fingertips on it. You're not putting pressure down on the oracle at all. You're going to want it to guide you. And it's also going to be able to help you uh, differentiate if it's real or not. The most important two things that I think everybody should take away from Ouija boards is everybody recommends to not play alone because it is said that it's way more easy to be possessed by an evil spirit if you're playing alone. Mm. Number two, always say goodbye. Make sure that it says goodbye. Don't just take your fingers off and put the board away and forget about it. You're closing the portal that you just opened by going to goodbye or getting it to say goodbye. If it keeps refusing, then you've got a whole other situation. You're going to want to move it to goodbye on your own. You've got to close the portal down. Also, if the spirit that you're talking to starts counting down on the numbers on the board. One, two, three, four, five, six. You stop it before it gets to six. You don't want it counting over and over and over and over. It's an evil spirit. It's trying to get out. These are just things that I've heard. Yeah. um, The rules that I've went by. Yeah, I've always heard, you know, you're supposed to say goodbye. Uh, These guys just chucked it in the fire right after he got his his arms. Yeah, that's the other thing. You don't burn it because no matter what goodbye that you've done, say that you've had this board for years and you have talked to several different spirits in several, several different places, you're basically this gateway because that's what a spirit board is, is a gateway for spirits to contact and talk to you. They can also do physical things, like move the flame on a candle. You can feel a breeze go past you. You can feel something touch you. These things all happen. But you burn it. You're opening the gateway for everything that's contacted you through that gateway in the past to just Mm. come out. You don't know if it's going to go into the house that you're at. You don't know if it's going to follow you home. Man. Yowie wowie. I don't know what else to say about that. It's terrifying, man. It's that that stuff always freaks me out. Uh, I have another clip here. It's more of the uh, psychological approach, if you will, uh, for from an episode of Brain Games. It's a three-minute segment. Uh, everybody, just uh, give this a listen, and we'll uh, return momentarily. Oh my god! Oh, paranormal expert Mark Edward is helping these volunteers use a Ouija board to reach out to the spirit world. Grandpa, are you happy? And now this woman seems to be in a deep supernatural conversation with her deceased grandfather. Yes. That's good. Grandpa is happy. Are you starting to believe? 
So now how do you feel? I don't know, it almost makes me want to cry. I'm, I'm happy Aww. that he's happy. I'm a believer. More now More now, before? yeah. I doubted a little bit at the beginning, but <laughs> after doing it and experiencing it, like, I, there's no way I can doubt it now, I think. At this point, we could easily let these people leave convinced they contacted the spirit world. No way you can doubt it. I don't think so, no. But for our final test, we're going to have the group reach out again, only this time with a little twist. What I have here are some blindfolds. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> okay. No. Surely blindfolding our participants won't make a difference to the spirits. Okay. Thank or will it? I'm going to place the planchette in the center of the table. Now is going to be the moment of truth. Spirits, can you speak to us? Are you there? Right there. Kendall's grandpa, show us that you're with us again. That's odd. Are the spirits drawing a blank? You know what year he died? Yes. Okay. What year did you die? Right there? Okay. Here's the second number. How do you think our new believers will react when they find out the spirits are having some technical difficulties? The third, one more, one more number. Okay. You can take your blindfolds off. Now, what year did he pass away? 2010. So this should be conclusive evidence at this point. Now, the spirits did a fantastic job without the blindfolds. But with the blindfolds on, this is what I got when you went for the date from Grandpa, who was so clear before, right? Here's what you got. You got a J and a K, and you got three blanks that were on the middle of the wood. There was no, no numbers here, here, or here. She looks like she just saw a ghost. So what's going on here? Before, the spirits were answering their questions perfectly. Oh. <laughs> Did they suddenly forget how to spell? And if everyone swears they aren't in control, I'm moving it. Then who or what is moving the dial? So, these individuals were blindfolded, and this is the things that they faced. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think about that situation? Do you think that if you had to put a percentage on uh, Ouija boards uh, or Ouija board encounters, what would you say the percentage of legitimate encounters are versus the just coincidental, everybody's just trying to get a rise out of someone? Um, I would have to say, and this is coming from, because as, as I said at the beginning of the episode, I have a hint of skepticism in me for all things, uh, except for aliens. There's, I mean, we're not going to get into that, but, um, <laughs> as eventually. far, yeah, eventually, uh, as far as this specifically goes, um, one thing that I would like to point out that, that I personally have had instances where we're using the Ouija board and it doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, yeah. Like we will ask a name and it'll give me E Y J L M. And it's like, a, what was that your AOL username? Whenever you were alive, <laughs> I'm confused. And so 
to it's those early emails that. that'll get you. Exactly. It's the it's the random generated password is what it sounded like. That has happened several times. So if it is what they're hinting toward, the fact that you can see the letters and the numbers, and I get what they're saying without the blindfold. Uh, if you're asking a question you already know the answer to, you're observing the letters it to go to to see if it's actually working. With, incoherently, you could be moving it uh, without thinking that you're moving it, and I get that, but there are in, to skeptics, non-skeptics, where are wanting to contact somebody specific and you don't get back a clear response. It's just jumbled stuff. There's times when it doesn't move at all whenever you're really wanting it to work. Um, it's all 50-50 in the air for me, but I will point out those facts uh, that it doesn't work all the time. And even when you're on there and you're trying to talk to your grandfather and you know his name and how it's spelt, Sometimes it's not even going to give you anything that's coherent. I'd like to point out is the chance of talking to the same being two times in a row on, on a Ouija board is very slim to none. They're not hovering and waiting. You know, they don't have a spotty sense in the other world where they're like, oh, he's got a Ouija board. We're flocking to him. Here we go. <laughs> so I don't think that if it. Ouija boards are true if they are real, if it's a real thing. I don't think that, at least in my experience, you don't get every single time. You can't count on, well, Grandpa hovers around over here near the oven. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. Near the ice box, that's where we'll play the Ouija board. He likes so, it cold. Exactly. It, it very well, she could, uh, the second time... Uh, I mean, you know, the blindfold could play a part, or she could have been talking to somebody that had nothing to do with her grandfather. Really depends on on what you think. Uh, I mean, people throwing chicken bones into a fire and making you eat. <laughs> I think that that doesn't do anything, but the people that get you to do it believe that it's real. And 100%. sometimes that affects things. Sometimes it does not. So here we are wrapping this up. Pretty good episode this week. I have to give it to us. I, I do. I, think we're, we're... I, I loved it. I, I do want to end this episode on a couple of quick things. Yeah. A couple of minutes left. Yeah, let's find so, a way. For you, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we brought up the candy corn and how it locked candies for Halloween. The candy corn was invented in the 1880s was the first time that the candy corn was invented. Oh, second fact no for us here. Oh, well, come on. Don't don't give it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How much how much stuff did they have to work with back then? Fair enough. Our next Halloween historical fact is Have you ever wondered why black and orange are the main colors of Halloween? Yes, I have. Ah, well, that is because is for the harvest, and black represents everything dying and the death, the winter that is coming. Oh, this makes sense. It's not always been that way, but that's the way that it was thought of. And then whenever it was commercially produced, everybody was like, well, we need two colors that contrast, that pop when they're together, stuff that you would never wear. And uh, going back and looking at what the colors stood for, it only made sense. That, that, that does make sense. It's it's always been so obvious. 
just never noticed it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It. That's what I, I thought. It. And our last historical fact of Halloween for the day is the very haunted house attraction. When was 1915 in Lip Hook, England? Wow, really? Hey, haunted attraction. And, and this house still <laughs> exists. Steam Museum Collection. Are they still operational? No, it is just a uh, museum uh, Damn. piece at this point. But it's still been exists. a cool. That would have been a cool thing to go to. Man. Anything else you want to add before we sign off for the week? I, I think I think this is it. I know next week, next week you're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be a good one. We're going to be talking about the man, the myth, the legend, the master of the macabre. Stephen King. A whole episode dedicated to the god of horror himself, the mastermind of everything that has haunted your nightmares. Um, so, only thing else I want to plug in here is check us out on Instagram where we're going to have polls. Happy underscore poll? haunt. Yeah, next this week's, week's poll. poll. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what are we do doing? Do you this week? believe in. Ouija boards. Are they real? Are they fake? Look for that poll. We're going to announce it next week. Uh, also, check us out on YouTube. The fellas. Give us a like on there. We get some Halloween ambiance videos up. Yeah, don't forget to f subscribe. Like all of our videos. Like all of our. Leave us a comment. Get, shoot us an email whenever we get that live and operational. Follow us on Twitter when we get that up. We, we appreciate all the feedback. We're going to try to make every episode awesome going forward. Every episode is always going to be Halloween. And it's always Halloween 365 days a year right here on Halloween 365. Good night, everyone. Stay spooky.